0: Well, hello, everyone, and good morning to this edition of live stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We appreciate you being here this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to get started with some music while we allow people to get settled in, uh, relax, have a donut, get some coffee. Uh, But we're going to play I'll Go by the Georgia Mass Choir, and we appreciate you being here this morning. And good morning to my lovely bride as well, too. Online as the administrator. Amen. We appreciate you being here. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Brother Roscoe. Mr. Gaines and Delia, good morning. Anitra, good morning. Thank you so much. Hey, Bev, good morning. Thank you so much. Ronnie, good morning. Ronnie, with the hand wave. Joining us today, Sister Pearl, Brother Walter, good morning. for being here this morning. Busy church day this morning. Angie, good morning. Hey. Appreciate you being here. Good. Amen. For those of you just joining us late, that's I'll go by the Georgia Mass Choir. Being here, making sure I'm conserving my voice too. Yeah, it's kind of important. That's right. Amen. Lisa, good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Blessings to you and everybody online with us. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Amen. It is beautiful. Finally had some sunshine yesterday. For the first time in like whatever. It matters. Gotta have some sunshine. Hmm? Um Acts chapter two verses fourteen to twenty eight. Amen. appreciate you being here this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. The Lord is worthy of our praise. I'll Go by the Georgia Mass Choir, uh, playing a very spirited song for us to be able to get ready and get into the Word, and that is a great uh, comment. Uh, If you are asked by the Lord to go and do something, are you going to go and do it? And the willingness to go is really important when it comes to your obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. We are, today is uh, February the 4th. I cannot believe how quickly the year is going already, and we just got into 2024, and we have a new year now that we are going to worship and praise the Lord. wanted to make some brief announcements before we get started with uh, today's Sunday School lesson. Um, I will be bringing the message today in church. Uh, the name of the message is A Sweet Sound. Uh, that is the title of today's message. Uh, for those of you online, it will be available on the Akron Alliance Fellowship uh, Facebook page timeline. Um, available as a pre-recorded message, uh, anyway, of the... Uh, of the, If you're not coming to church, uh, you can look at that message sometime around 10.30 this morning. It'll be available online for you. Uh, it'll also be available later today on our YouTube channel as well, too. Uh, we appreciate you... Um, Liking and subscribing on our YouTube channel for all notifications to new content. That way, if you, for those of you who use YouTube, and a lot of us do, um, make sure you go to our Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page and like the content and subscribe so you'll get notifications for new content. Uh, we've been using it actively. We use it for Sunday school. We use it for the 15-minute devotional that we do every Wednesday. We do use it for Bible study. Um, and so that's available for anyone and everyone who wants to... Uh, follow our content and hear what the Lord uh, prayerfully what the Lord is saying. That's what that's what it's all about. Um, please remember your tithes and offerings. We uh, appreciate you giving consideration to your giving uh, of worship, uh, and we thank you for giving that prayerful consideration. Uh, for those of you who are mailing your tithes and offerings, please do so to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road in Akron, Ohio. Four four three two zero, and that is the mailing address for it. For those of you coming to church, you would merely give your, provide your tithes or offerings into in the drop box, in the uh, vestibule area over by the, by the by the side entrance. Okay, so keep that in mind as well too. And today, later today, we're going to have right after service, we're going to have communion as well uh, for those who are coming to church today. So, please make a note of those things. We always have communion on the first Sunday of every month. Okay. We are ready now to get into Sunday School. We are continuing in the book of Acts, and we are in Acts chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at the first section of Peter's sermon. Um, It is verses 14 to 28 we're going to be covering. So essentially, this is part one of the sermon. We're not covering the entire sermon today. We're going to cover just a portion of it and make sure that we... Hear what's being said. I think it's important for us to recognize here in this particular lesson about how the church is being established. There is a certain order that was taking place. First of all, when we look at the way the church was established from the get-go, which is a good model for us to look at when it comes to how our church or any church should be operating. We have a certain amount of order involved. We have a certain number of leaders that was kind of determined last week when we looked at uh, in Acts chapter uh, uh, the previous weeks, I rather start, pardon me, in Acts chapter one, we were looking at the section regarding, um, when Matthias was brought in to play, uh, as, as a leader, one of the leaders of the church as well too. And that order was being established. And so now we're now seeing how this leadership is going to step up and make itself visible. Um, and Peter is going to be the, the subject pretty much of this particular lesson. And we'll, we'll go over that in greater detail. So we'll, with that in mind, let's go ahead and get into today's Sunday School lesson. And allow ourselves now to just quiet our hearts and allow the Spirit to be able to speak. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time that you've given to us to sit now and listen to you. We thank you for your presence And we thank you for the teaching that comes from your presence. Lord, we are always willing to hear your word, and we want to grow and learn more as we continue to develop our relationship with you. And Lord, it is really our responsibility just to keep listening to you, because you're always present. Uh, We need to make sure that we're present for you uh, as we hear what's going on and listen to your words and Listen to the guidance that comes from only the Spirit. We thank you, Lord, and we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 14 through 28. And I'm conserving my voice a little bit only because um, I have a... I, I want to call it a cold. I don't know what else to call it. It's a, it's a weird thing in the throat. There's nothing in my nose that's a problem, but uh, I know that... Um, Got to be sensitive to the voice box today just because I want to make sure that uh, nothing I won't be able to speak when it comes time for the sermon. So I want to make sure of that. So, but it's everything's cool. It's just uh, making sure I pace myself. Everything's always cool because you got coffee with you. That's what's important. Uh, Acts chapter 2, let's look at verses 14 through 28. Now, we'll be reading from the New Living Translation. and it's a simple read, but now we have the moment. If you remember, we last when we last left off in the passage at verse 13, automatically because they saw the miracle of the Holy Spirit coming down and alighting, you know, the what looked like fire alighting on the soldiers, shoulders, excuse me, of the people, and now they're able to speak in languages that were different. Uh, from their own but people recognized those other languages and this was all taking place in Jerusalem and of course these were all Jews that were in Jerusalem that had come in from different lands to be there some settled there some lived there but then someone made the comment right before we pick up with Peter here well they're just drunk you know that's what's going on Well, we won't dwell on that but that usually is what Typically happens when people who don't believe, they'll automatically come up with a reason why someone is doing what they're doing. Uh, But let's start with verse 14 and read down through verse 28. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early. For that. Verse 16. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above. And signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark, and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. Verse 21, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, And signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right Beside me. Verse 26. No wonder my heart is glad, and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead, or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. All right, that's Acts 2, verses 14 through 28 and we'll notice here that there are two different passages in scripture that are being featured within Peter's sermon we're calling it this is this we we're calling this the first sermon of the new church which is just about to be formed at this point uh, and this of course was immediately after immediately following the laying on of the holy spirit the indwelling holy spirit coming forth and being with all those individuals all those people who believed in the lord jesus because you better believe it wasn't given to everybody there in present it was given to those who were believers because we already know that there were people there who were scoffing at some of those believers saying well they're just drunk and you know that's not the first time that people who believed in the lord were insulted and it's not the last time that people who believe in the lord were insulted they Uh, we receive insults from those who just don't believe or choose not to believe. And I think it's very interesting to hear sometimes how people who don't believe in the Lord will just go through all kinds of explanations as to why they don't want to believe uh, rather than just taking the time to really think about how easy it really is just to say, you know what? The faith that I have, if I could just direct it towards Jesus, I might just have a shot at recognizing eternal life. But everybody has faith. You know that, right? Everybody possesses faith, but it's what we put our faith in is what the key is. Um, Atheists, agnostics, they have faith in something. But obviously it's not necessarily in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's a choice that you make as far as what you believe. Let's go back to the top of Acts chapter 2, verse 14. After all these things that had happened before, let's look at verse 14 again. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you. Now you have to to believe he raised his voice just to make sure people could hear. Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk. As some of you are assuming, 9 o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Peter heard all these folks talking about who's drunk? Or do you think maybe the Holy Spirit is giving him the message now that he needs to give? You better believe the Spirit. We're talking about the Spirit-filled Peter now getting ready to speak and reach literally thousands of people with this first message. Remember how Peter was during Jesus' ministry. He was very much one of those guys that had his ego in play. A lot of bravado. A lot of, you know, like he he was the one usually the first one to open his mouth and say something. But we recognize that he fell mightily at the end when Jesus was about to be crucified by denying Jesus. But he was restored. We know that. He was restored by Jesus. And now we're talking about a new Peter. The Peter that Jesus knew he could be. He was confident now because the Holy Spirit was dwelling within him. And he now was going to become what? A wonderful speaker, a preacher, one that could convey the truth, the messages boldly and without hesitation. And this is a reminder in the comment that I saw about what we're looking at here. You know, there are people in our churches who are truly being used by God to speak, right? But there are some, I think, that doubt themselves because maybe they just had such a horrible life. Maybe they've just done all committed all kinds of sin and just acted up and cut up. They've repented and now they have a fellowship with the believers, a fellowship with Jesus. But you have to accept that Jesus has forgiven you. You know, sometimes we are hard on ourselves. Jesus has forgiven all of us of our sin. And Satan would like nothing better than for you as a person who follows Jesus to hold back and not serve the Lord. Because you're hesitant about doing so. Because you don't necessarily believe that you've been forgiven. This is something that's very deep. For some of us. And God just asks, He wants you to ask Him about how you can be used in the kingdom. And He'll tell you, He'll show you. It may not be preaching, it may be something totally different. But we need to recognize that you need to make sure that you are understood to be forgiven. And Peter had to be restored and he understood he was forgiven by Jesus. He understood it. Jesus made sure of it. And we have the assurance that whenever we sin, if we repent and turn from our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us in his righteousness. If we just could remember the words that scripture tells us, to help us along with this. So Peter, indeed, is forgiven, was forgiven by Jesus, and now, because of that, he can speak boldly. He can be the best that he can be because of this belief that Jesus is with him 1,000%. And I think that's important for us to see. You always wonder why, well, maybe maybe you don't wonder, I wonder, um, remember the old Pareto's principles about twenty percent of the people do eighty percent of the work <laughs> in a church, and the other eighty percent watch the other twenty percent, and sometimes I wonder if a lot of the people who are watching those who are doing a lot of the work in a church they're watching maybe because they don't feel confident enough to do those very things. That are being mentioned in church, the things that are needed most. Well, Amen. something is <laughs> something to pray about. It's something to pray about for those who are brand new believers. I know that's a, something that they struggle with too. What do I do? What what's the next thing for me to do? And understand that the next thing for you to do is just do the next thing. Do the next right thing sometimes we need to say to people out there not just do the right thing do the next right thing because we can make choices and do the wrong thing too but do the next right thing pray to God and ask for wisdom as to what your role is in the body of Christ now Peter is going to be telling the other people Now notice he's there with the 11 other apostles. Who are those? The leaders of the church. Matthias, all of them. Everyone's there along with Peter. They're all standing up front and speaking. And Peter is the lead speaker here. And Peter is telling the people to listen to the testimony. And what he's going to do is pull out Old Testament prophecy. Because... Pretty much everyone there is going to know about the Old Testament prophecy. Of course, they didn't call it Old Testament then. We're calling it that because we know that's what it is. But they're referring to the scriptures, the passages of prophecy that were being shared. And so that's where it's going to start. So let's go back to verse 16. We've established, of course, they are not drunk. They are now, uh, it's too early in the morning for that. So what we're seeing is a natural event, a one-time-only event after Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit that was promised by Jesus. Verse 16, Now what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So, this passage, of course, is referring to Joel 2, verses 28 and 29. Uh, Let's go ahead and turn to that. Since I kind of read it, because it was almost paraphrased perfectly. But go to Joel chapter 2. We don't turn to Joel often enough. So, we're turning to Joel today. (laughs) Joel 2, verses 28 and 29. We want you to see where this is coming from. And if you have a Bible with headings on it, my heading in my Bible actually says God's promise of his spirit. So we see that Peter was inspired to speak about this particular passage. Joel chapter 2 verse 28 Verse 28, after this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams and your young men will see visions. I will even pour out my spirit on the male and female slaves in those days. Now, this is, this is um, the first part that we're reading, verses 28 and 29. He continued on and read in verses 30. Well, I'll go ahead and read them. Verse 30, I will display wonders... In the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For there will be an escape for those on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, as the Lord promised, among the survivors the Lord calls. Now, I read all of that rest of the passage in Joel chapter 2, verses 28-32. through 32. Now, obviously... That prophecy has not been completely fulfilled. The first part of it has, verses 28 and 29, has been fulfilled from that portion. But the rest of that is what? Referring to what? The day of the Lord. It's referring to the end of the time. It's referring to the fact that those who believe in the Lord Jesus will be rescued. They will not have to face wrath. Essentially, that that prophecy that was being made by Joel is talking about a fulfillment of of the spirit coming which we do have right now before us but he's also talking about what follows what follows what's coming later and we're not in we're in the last days but not the last days of the day of the lord but we are in the last days between what the time when Jesus ascended to heaven and the time before he returns so we're in that age right now. And that's what we're looking at. The, but the day of the Lord is coming. That's referred to in verse Acts 2, chapter 2 verse 20. And it's interesting how even Moses wanted to, the Lord to put the Spirit upon everyone because that was making the difference. The Spirit, it does multiple number of things for us as believers. For one thing, it seals us. It protects us because we have the indwelling spirit in us we know that we do not have to face wrath we do not have to face we we will face persecution but we are not going to face God's judgment or wrath because of that now, i don't know about you I'm not trying to veer off here but we as believers should be really deeply concerned for those individuals that we know who don't know Jesus. Because they are going to face the wrath of God at some point in the future if they just choose not to believe. People who hate God are they are fighting with themselves. They're swinging in the air. They're they really are floundering. They they they, want, they don't want to believe for whatever reason that God loves us so much that He sent a Savior. <clears throat> Pardon me. And that's the real concern that we should have as believers for those people who don't know Jesus. And if you have a heart for the Lord, you also have a heart for those who don't know the Lord. And... You pray for those people. you pray that they get it. I think a future message that I'm going to be having will be praying for those people before it's too late, something on that vein where you know where you don't have the ability to say anything or give an account to the Lord before it's too late. I think that's going to be probably the eulogy for my, my mother's funeral. Um, because every eulogy from here on out, as far as I'm concerned, is a, is a message about salvation. Um, it's, it's pretty much a given. But people need to truly be sensitive to the presence of the Spirit and don't ignore the Spirit. Don't ignore the Spirit. Spirit's trying to reach you to save you, to get you to make a decision for Jesus Christ. So, getting back to the passage about Joel and what Peter is talking about here, he's referring to how, well, what was the event that took place? Pentecost. The Spirit was released through the entire world to who? Men? Women? Slaves, Jews, Gentiles, everybody. Everybody can now receive the Holy Spirit. We have the privilege, we have the pleasure of God loving us so much he imparts to us the Holy Spirit to allow us to be able to do the work and continue the work in the kingdom in the same way that Peter is doing here, in the same way that the other disciples are doing. We have the ability to serve the Lord and impart the wisdom of God, the teachings of the Lord, to others, because of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And of course, now understand something about this. These people were looking at something that was so extraordinary, it was so crazy, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. It was something that was beyond their ability to comprehend. And so Peter's going to speak about it and talk about what they were looking at. And for these Jews, and these were, remember, Jerusalem was mostly inhabited by Jews. This whole idea of the Spirit coming and dwelling within people, that really wasn't taught before. (laughs) It was spoken about it. When you use the words pour my spirit, you know, some people make an assumption well, what does that mean, pouring, overlaying, whatever it is? No, these are indwelling, indwelling spirit. And that's a revolutionary teaching. Let's go back to the passage. We read verses 19 and 20. Let's go down to verses 20, verse 22. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan, look at this very carefully. His prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was portrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles you nailed him to a cross and killed him. Now one thing about Peter, he's telling the truth. You know, when we have people uh, preachers who speak, you know, some folks don't want to hear the truth. They'd much rather hear something that's sanitize or something that doesn't point the finger directly at them. Well that ain't true preaching you know if you if you want to go to a lecture somewhere and hear somebody talk about something go do that but truth needs to be conveyed and peter knows his audience peter knows exactly who he's speaking to he's speaking to people who are not that far removed remember how we're not that far removed from jesus being on the cross and dying Very short period of time has passed since then. So he knows who he's speaking to. And we need to understand and remember that Jesus, these things that happened to Jesus, were not out of God's control. Of course, they were in his control. He knew exactly the hearts of everyone there who would be present during Jesus' time. He knew there were going to be those who were insanely jealous of him hated him, did not want him to be around because they didn't want to lose their position. And so he was nailed to the cross. But that's exactly what God had planned. It was prearranged. Because at the end of the day, Christ had to die in order for his blood to be shed and for our sins to be forgiven and be the perfect eternal sacrifice for all of us. And this is important for us to see too because Jesus was not the only one who was persecuted, and especially following this, the Christian church, a lot of people are going to be persecuted. And we'll come up upon we'll come up with a, one of the characters later on. We get to Acts chapter 9. Saul, now known as Paul, who wrote some wonderful things about Jesus. I understand exactly why God put Paul. He called him an apostle. He had to have the encounter with Jesus himself. But we need to recognize, too, how important that encounter was because he indeed is the one who we talk about whosoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Go to Romans 10.13. Romans chapter ten. Who's writing this book? Paul is. Paul is writing to the Romans. Verse thirteen. We look at the passage. And understand, Paul was not the first to say it, but he's making a statement here for everybody to understand. He's actually pulling from different areas in Scripture. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And when you make a declaration that you're following the Lord, you're going to face... Persecution. The people early in the church faced persecution. A lot of persecution. You better believe Satan was going berserk. It's bad enough that um, Jesus rose from the dead, right? And pretty much determined Satan's fate. But Satan's going berserk. He is going to wreak havoc. But see, watch how God even uses that. Because All he does when he persecutes people of the church, where do they go? They flee. They go to another place. And the gospel is proclaimed in that place where they go to. It's the spreading of the gospel. Do you understand why we say that Satan is already defeated and that Jesus already has the victory? Because he had the victory long ago. The victory was pretty much uh, finalized when he went to the cross, rose from the dead, made the appeal before the Father at the throne, all of our sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future. For all people who have ever lived, we have the victory. Now that requires faith, and that requires a a belief that Jesus indeed does have the victory, but that's what we have to recognize here. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. So let's go back to the passage. Verse, 20, verse 24, Acts chapter 2. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. Let, me. let me stop here first. Let me go back over to verse 24 and go over some notes about that. So, Peter is doing what? He's speaking about the resurrection of Jesus, a necessary event. The most important part of Jesus' going to the cross is the resurrection. Without the resurrection, we don't have a conversation. Without the resurrection, we might as well be at home having breakfast, you know, having coffee. If we don't have a resurrection, what do we have to look forward to? The resurrection is a necessity when we speak about the truth of Jesus Christ. And you have to understand that just because someone doesn't believe there was a resurrection, just because an atheist or agnostic doesn't believe in a resurrection, doesn't mean it didn't happen. We, we, you can't convince someone of something. It really is something you have to... Well, we weren't there. No, of course you weren't there. I heard somebody say in the video, you weren't there when George Washington crossed the Delaware either, but he still did it. I mean, you know, there's, there are certain things that you just have to... You, the circular logic, the, the straw man arguments, you don't need to get into all that. If you don't believe, you don't believe. And at the end of the day, we as believers in Jesus Christ, we, it's not our job to convince somebody, you know, arm wrestle with them about it, you know say well you know if you don't believe you if you don't believe then you're just dumb or stupid or whatever it is no you don't need to get into all that because intellectuals are going to sometimes do or say things that they think are very smart very intellectual if you don't want to believe the resurrection fine don't believe it it happened and that's the thing that people are going to have to wrestle with. That's where faith comes in. And believing that the words we read are true. The Bible was written by all these different people, you know. Yeah, but did you notice how, even though it was written by all different types of people, that everything lines up exactly, even though it was written over a thousand of years? Amazing how that happens. Well, it's not amazing at all. It's because Jesus is in complete control of getting His message out to the people. And He is making it very clear. And Peter is speaking about the execution of Jesus publicly. Everybody saw it. Everybody knows about it. His tomb was available. If you wanted to go and see the empty tomb, it was not too far away from there. It was just outside the city. So we recognize how important it is for for Peter to point to the risen Lord in this message that he's speaking about. Now let's go to King David. I'm sorry, I stopped early on that. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your holy one to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Now, interestingly enough, we saw that Joel was mentioned and now we're seeing David being mentioned. Where is he pulling this from? Where is this passage coming from? Turn to Psalm 16. When you look at David's psalms, and I'm going to mention today in the message today that he wrote almost half of the psalms. Uh, he, was a, he was a musician as well as a king. Uh, he knew how to make instruments. Let me get, I keep talking. I'm nowhere near Psalms. Psalms 16. Now, what you're going to see here is that, of course, the word is divinely inspired. And here, David is going to be speaking about the Lord. I'm going to pick up at verse 9. Psalm 16, verse 9. So when we look at this passage here in Acts, we're going to see he's pulling right from what David said in Psalm 16, starting at verse 9. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My body also rests securely for you will not abandon me to Sheol. You will not allow your faithful one to see decay. Who is he referring to? That's Jesus he's referring to in prophecy. You will reveal the path of life to me and your presence is abundant joy at your right hand, are eternal pleasures. That is... David speaking about Jesus because he's talking about you will not abandon me to Sheol. In other words, Jesus is not still dead. He's alive. He is a risen Lord. And that's why Peter is referring to David's words here in this message. All good messages, all good sermons, refer to Scripture. Scripture make reference to Scripture. Make reference to an account that people can hopefully relate to. And the audience that Peter is speaking to, they know who David is. They know who Joel is. They're well aware of what's happening here. And I love how in verse back to Acts chapter two, verse twenty-six, my body rests in hope. Well, David know he's going to go to the grave, but he know that there's a promise for him too. Amen. And I love how he is referring to Jesus Himself in the same way. You will not allow your holy one to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. The lesson we're learning here is that Peter is now established as one of the leaders of the church. He is one of the 12, but he is one of the, definitely one of the leaders. We'll just call him the first preacher. And he's also going to be a missionary. He's going to go in everywhere else and say these same words he's going to travel about and make the word of the Lord known to others and that psalm he was quoting David wasn't writing completely about himself he was writing as a prophet and David knew that there would be a messiah You know, it's really interesting when you hear about inspiration of Scripture. David's writing something that the Spirit's giving him. He's not going to experience it himself, but guess what? He has the hope that it will happen. It's going to happen because the Lord is assuring that it will happen. And David, even in his, I believe it's in 1 Chronicles, the last couple of chapters in First Chronicles where David is speaking about how the Lord told him he's not going to build a temple, but he was grateful that the Lord had chosen him to be king and have the lineage of kings come through him, and that one day the king, the king of the Jews, as he's referred to, but also the Messiah, would be part of his lineage. And he knows this. So we are grateful that we are experiencing the first portion of Joel's prophecy. And we won't have to experience the last part of it because we have fellowship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're thankful that we have Jesus that we can look to for our salvation. For he is the one who was risen from the dead after dying on the cross and gave himself for us so that we would have eternal life. It's a great start to the sermon at Pentecost. Reflect on those things today. We'll continue next week with the next part of the sermon. But this is enough today to reflect upon to recognize the goodness of God and His provision for us. He knew exactly what He was doing from the very beginning. What He had planned to do from the very beginning. And isn't it wonderful everything that He had planned to do is being carried out. And there's still more to come. Pray for people who do not know Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time. We ask that you bless, bless us now as we take the information that we have and just give this all to you, Lord, that we give ourselves to you. We thank you for what you have done for us. We give you praise and we want to worship you for the way that you have had all this planned out from the beginning and how you have helped us now to be able to have the ability to, to speak your truth to others. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. Thank you for that. We couldn't do what we do without you through the Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for this time that we live in. It's a time that is, let's just say it's incredible because we know that your return is closer every day. May we continue to Stand boldly in our faith and speak truth. Speak to others about your truth. We thank you. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thanks for being here for this edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We appreciate you being here. Stay tuned online in the timeline for Akron Alliance for today's message, A Sweet Sound. And for those of you coming to church, we appreciate you being here. We will also be available live online on the same channel as well, too. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you around the corner. See you next time.